Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. For those joining for the first time, my name is Trey Kaufman, and the aim of the Mosaic Life Podcast is to explore the concept of happiness, what it means to us, and why so many of us chase it, and yet we never find it, and how we can do better as individuals. To get started today, I'm going to try something a bit different. As you might imagine, a lot of work goes into the production of this podcast, which I'm exceptionally proud to do. And one day in the near future, I'm going to have the opportunity to bring advertisers into the fold to help support the podcast financially. And I've always been of the mindset that if I don't believe in a product, and if I've never used a product for that matter, I'm not going to endorse it. And I certainly wouldn't ask you to purchase it. Your time is far too valuable for that. So as the podcast continues to grow, and as I think about what financial support would allow me to dedicate more of my time to speaking with amazingly insightful guests, it makes the most sense for me to take advantage of the tools my podcast host offers, which is Red Circle. And I've spoken about them before and actually had the CEO, Mike Caden, on the podcast back in the day. Red Circle actually has a donation tool very similar to what Patreon offers, which I'm sure many of you have heard of. And it allows supporters to make one-time or even recurring monthly donations. And as I start making this ask, I of course want to provide additional value for those who support this endeavor, you, the listeners. The question is, how do I do that? And this is what I've come up with, at least for the time being. If you, as a listener, as a supporter, decide that you can afford to donate $5 or more, either on a one-time or a recurring donation, I'd be thrilled to have the opportunity to get on a Zoom call with you. Just to talk about the podcast, talk about your experiences, talk about what you like and what you don't like, And of course, I want to know what additional value I can provide if you continue to support the podcast, both financially and and by listening. And this offer will no doubt grow and evolve. But for the time being, I want to give that a shot. You'll see in the show notes a support the Mosaic Life podcast link, which is right above the timestamps. And uh, you can also click the support this podcast button on the mosaiclifepodcast.com. This past week, I just sent out a handful of podcast t-shirts, and I want to do more of that. And all of your support will help this podcast grow, which only exists in the first place because of you. So whether or not you can afford to donate a few dollars to a podcast you hopefully enjoy, I want you to know I appreciate you for taking the time out of your day, which is exceptionally valuable, to listen to the content I have created here. Moving on, my guest today is one of the most passionate and insightful human beings I've ever had the chance to talk to, and he's almost 10 years younger than I am, which just goes to show what life experiences can do to a person. Christoph Vandepute is a mindset engineer at Be Mindful, that's B-E-M-I-N-D-F-O-O-L, which means challenging and deep coaching his clients. 
He spent nearly a decade actively working and re-engineering his thoughts, beliefs, and mindset, which has allowed him to discover the true power of thought. The understanding of the paradox of control has made a significant impact on his life, and he loves to share this concept with others. This conversation hits all of my points of self-improvement, from stoicism to failure to death and ego. This conversation is deep, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Please welcome my guest, Christoph Vanderpute. How's it going, my friend? I'm doing good. Um, uh, to be honest, a little nervous <laughs> for this uh, podcast. Oh, don't be um, nervous. But, don't be nervous. Yeah, but it has transferred into excitement. So good. that's always a good energy. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I um, it's it's funny you you mentioned being nervous. I um. I, the timing is going to seem weird, but this coming Sunday, I guess it would be the sixth. I am having a, an old guest on her name's Lisa Bond. And uh, she mm -hmm. was actually my very first interview. And we were talking about how nervous we both were for that, uh, for that podcast over a year ago. Now it's just kind of become second nature, but uh, I, I definitely get yeah. it. I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, because I'm used to hosting podcasts. Yeah. Um, but being a guest is like a whole nother uh, aspect of it. And yeah, I it is need to roll into it a little bit. It but is. But it's going to be awesome. I yeah. feel that. Absolutely. And um, I, I've I've gone out of my way to try and be guests on podcasts recently because it's a great marketing opportunity for, for me and the podcast. And so what I love about being a guest is that you don't have to pre prepare anything. You get to let the yeah. host do all the work, which is always nice. All right. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Good. Well, how's, <laughs> that I mean, sounds how, good. how's everything going? You're, you're in Belgium, right? Yeah, I'm in Belgium. It's uh, 4 p.m. right now. Um, took some days off, really focusing on my business, That's great. Uh, connecting with people, having, having some conversations and yeah, it's, it's going really nicely. That's amazing. Thanks so for asking. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I'm curious because I'm, I'm American as we, we joked about on our pre-interview call. Yeah. Um, so in email, you wrote, you know, the, you'd use the, the 24 hour time, but you just said 4 PM as opposed to what would that be? 1600. Yeah. 16, uh, zero, zero. So wh is why it, do you, is that the same? I hope so. Yeah. I, I believe it is the same, but I'm just curious why in writing you wrote 16, zero, zero as opposed and but in, in when actually we talk, we say, you say 4 PM or are you just doing that to be nice to me? I don't know. I think written it's like 16 and then just talking language. I say 4 p.m. I can't really <laughs> pinpoint it, but it's interesting. I wasn't aware of that. That's okay. Yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what you use the the most often in, yeah. in America in general. No, we uh, we we generally always use the 12 uh, hour time frame unless it's military uh, people, uh, folks in the military who generally use the 24 hour. Uh, Time yeah, yeah. standard. Yeah. 1400. Yeah. Head push up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So you took some, you took some days off to, to work in your business. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was really, really, um, busy at, at the nine to five Yeah. and, you know, physically as well. And I really felt I could use some, some downtime and here I am also doing a podcast That's with great. you. So. 
That's great. Well, let's 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 jump. Let's talk. Let's talk about uh, your business and what you're doing for this world. Now, just for a little bit of context, um, I met Christoph through Tiago, and I often get or Tiago Burr, um, and I often give Tiago credit uh, for being one of the most thoughtful individuals I've ever had the pleasure of meeting in my life. And you know, having spent about an hour on the phone with Christoph uh, a week or so ago. I, you you definitely fight Tiago for that position. I mean, you guys are so well-spoken, so thoughtful, so intentional with the way you say things. And it it's it's mesmerizing and it's inspirational. And I, I truly already feel lucky to know you. So, you know, the work that you're doing is, I, I, I can't wait to see where you go with it. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so so what is it you're working on currently, um, and you know how far have you come? Yeah, so I think uh, it's it's good to sketch this from from the beginning, right? Absolutely. Um, so when I was 16 years old, I had uh, my first experience with like a full blown panic attack. Like I, I hadn't experienced anything like that ever before in my life. Um, my, my veins were on fire. I couldn't breathe. I was sweating like out of every pore of my body. And I, I thought, what is this? Like, I don't know what this is, but I think I'm going to die. Yeah. Right. This yeah. was the first experience at 16 with a panic attack. And of course, the whole time after this first panic attack, I was constantly thinking about when is this going to happen again? Like in high school, being with friends, being at home constantly. Is this going to come back? Right. And um, I was in this darker and darker space because of that. Um, and there was actually uh, an anxiety disorder that, that was formed because of that, together with chronic hyperventilation. So this was a really dark period in my life. This is about 10 years ago. And I I've visited many uh, doctors and and talk to them about my symptoms right. and they all said like okay um, let's check some blood uh, let's check your your heart and so on like these very common uh, factors they normally check right and uh, they didn't found they didn't find anything and they said son you're healthy as can be but uh, <laughs> of course deep down inside I right. was like what the fuck I right. feel like everything is wrong but you're telling me I'm, I'm healthy. Uh, so that was like a very, I hit a, a very hard brick wall because yeah. I didn't know what else to do. If even medicine cannot help me. Um, so from that point, I just started looking for, for things and, and books and techniques, just like the, the normal yoga, meditation, yeah. breathing techniques um, to, to find an answer to find an answer to, to this situation. And um, the first real experience, a good experience I had was with a um, breathing therapist. And we, were, we went very deep in the relaxation because I had chronic hyperventilation. So you're constantly in this cortisol mode, uh, stress, fight or flight mode. And we went really deep with the breathing, really deep belly breathing. And then I asked him as well, like, what's your story? Why do you do this? And he said, I know I have Alzheimer's. And without these techniques, without breathing deeply and being present, I would go mad yeah. knowing that 
my memory would go away, right? Yeah. So that was from, from my 16, 17 until now, like I'm still working heavily on myself with all these techniques. And um, that is also in 2015, after a while of deep self-work, I started writing blog posts for my uh, blog site, Be Mindful with double O. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I thought this is a cool thing because be mindful with a, with a U, but then with the double O because we can't take life too seriously. Right. And um, I just shared my, my experience and hoped to have two or three people uh, relating to yes, that. Yes, absolutely. And I got, yeah, better and better responses. And uh, I started then making YouTube videos just for the hell of it. And that went on for about four years until 2019. And I felt like this is a calling. This is something I really want to do and, and help people with um, to make an impact. Because I, I've seen from my surroundings, friends, family, that everybody is so good in holding up a front of like, I'm doing okay. But then when push comes to shove, right. it's like, we're not. <laughs> yeah. And the, the funny thing is, as soon as I let go of all this holding on of my persona, my ego, what are people going to think about me when the, the big A word falls, anxiety? Yeah. This was like the, one of the biggest taboos in my life. And then as soon as I came out with that, People were like, fuck you too. I thought I was the only one, but not one person. It's like dozens and dozens of people telling me like, you too. I thought this was only right. me. Right. And and that was the moment that I thought like, I got to do something with this. And yeah. uh, I started uh, Be Mindful Coaching uh, then as well. And that's where Tiago, Tiago Bur comes in, right? Yeah. Because he's my mentor and I was in the beginning, it's all new. Like I want to help people, but how do I start? Yeah. How do I communicate to people that I'm here to help without being pushy, without being too much um, in their life? You know, uh, people yeah. have a very fast reaction to that by closing up, closing up. And together working with Tiago, it's been a year, uh, a little bit longer than a year. And, We've been doing some amazing things. We've created awesome stuff, and I'm deeply, deeply grateful That's incredible. Um, for having him in my life. Yeah. So let's 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 jump all the way back to the beginning. Um, you, you're you're 16. You woke up with a crippling anxiety, a panic attack. What can you can you break down what you think caused that? You know, why did you find yourself in that state of fight or flight? Yeah, um, I have an assumption, but of course, a real answer. I don't know if I'll ever find right. the, the real cause of that. But um, just growing up as a kid, I had an amazing um, upbringing, like super supportive family. Um, I both both of my parents are still married. Uh, I have two lovely sisters that are a little bit older than me. Um, but there was always this sensitivity in me. Um, I was a sensitive kid. And the paradox was also that I was shy inside, but at the outside, I wanted to be like the big man. Right. Um, 
we have a saying in Belgium. Um, I don't know how you say it in, in America or in English, but he has a big mouth, but a small heart, right? A, a tiny, tiny heart. Yeah. That's, that's how we say it. And it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> and of course, at home, uh, everyone has its, every home has its cross. So there were things that happened there. And I think all these factors together uh, with a little bit of bullying, um, yeah. I had an experience with cyberbullying that was really impactful um, to me. And I think all these things pent up until the dam had to burst. Yeah. And I think at 16, that was that moment. So it's a little bit, the, the how would I call it? Uh, the unraveling of that moment. I have done a little bit in my mind. You know, I've got a few, well, nine years on you in age, but I, I, I think you have quite a few more years than I do in wisdom. But when it, when it comes to, when it comes to age, you know, we, we, I, we, we grew up in different times. We did. I, well, as I was coming into high school, uh, cell phones were just starting to, to be prevalent. Facebook popped up right as I was getting into college and it was only for, uh, university students. And so, you know, the, the idea of what social media is today was just, it was not even, you know, the, uh, an inkling in Mark Zuckerberg's mind. Mm -hmm. And so I, I did not grow up with social media being just a part of my life. It's something that I had to acclimate myself into it. I remember Twitter was popping up around the time I was graduating college and it, it did that, 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 I guess that sense of wanting to put your best foot forward or, mm. in, or wanting to show the only the best side of yourself that didn't, that didn't exist for me. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm sure that was a little bit different for you. So when it comes to cyberbullying, that just was never something that, you know, I grew, grew into or grew up with. And I, I was luckily not exposed to that. I, I can't imagine, mm -hmm. you know, somebody who is you know, close to 10 years younger than me, what they would have had to go through in that sense, you know, you coming up with that, just being a part of, of who you are and having to really explicitly say, this is not okay. This is not something that I want in my life. What, what was that like? I mean, I just getting your perspective from somebody who, you know, grew up 10 years, my, my younger growing up with just it being a natural part of everyday life, social media, that being so ingrained in, in your, I guess your generation, your culture. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a big difference um, between those two generations. If you can even call it two right. separate generations, right. but um, like you say, it's, it's funny. It was naturally present in my day-to-day -day life, but yeah. it never felt natural. Right. That's a great um, clarification. Yeah. It, it, it was natural because everybody did it. Everybody had it. And uh, when you don't have Facebook and MySpace and NetLock, there's so many um, things that are dead right now. Yeah. Um, but Facebook was definitely the biggest one. If you didn't have that, you were a weirdo, right? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. You don't have Facebook. Right. You don't have a life. Right. If it's not online, you don't exist. That was a little bit um, the, the gist of it in that time. So everybody just rolled with it. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, the cyberbullying, I mean, I'm not saying I've had 
such a traumatic experience um, because I don't want to put myself off as, you know, the rising from the ashes person. Right. But there was a fair amount of, of resistance and negativity in there. And it really impacted me, obviously. Yeah. Um, I remember the cyberbullying was actually um, a person that had my cell phone number and he called me like 10 times an hour, but also during school. Right. And every time I, I picked up going from one class to the other, it was just like zero noise. Yeah. And then the same guy uh, had this other profile on, on uh, Facebook and he started calling me names and so on. But that eventually became um, a, a cell phone phobia. Like I couldn't. I couldn't call people anymore. Right. I was terrified to pick up the phone because every time I did in that situation with that one guy, just like I know this, this was a, a person that didn't like me and, and so on. So the same thing with the coaching in the beginning, I had to call people and have these video meetings, um, try to help people when you still have this resistance yeah. or, or this phobia inside of you a little bit. It's gotten almost to non-existent, but still was a big challenge. Um, but yeah, that time, there's a lot of positives about social. Definitely a lot of negatives. And the balance today is, is very hard to find. Um, it, I is. it is. It um, is. You know, you said something, you had a realization at some point that, you know, you're not alone. Uh, the, you, when you, when something bad happens to you, you feel like the entire, you know, all seven and a half billion people are looking at you through a microscope. <laughs> it really feels that way. And I, and I've told mm -hmm. this story before and I'll give the, uh, a brief overview of, of it again. When I was about 16, uh, my dad had dropped me off at an amusement park and later in the evening he was coming to pick us up. I got a call from him and it wasn't him. It was it was a police officer saying that, hey, Trey, we think your dad had a heart attack and he's in the hospital. And actually, coincidentally, he ended up having a panic attack himself. But just at that wow. very moment, when you hear those words, you feel like I am the only person experiencing this right now. You, there's nobody else in the entire world who feels this way. And that's just that's not true. And when we can when you can open yourself up and you can understand that you're not alone that creates so much power for you to say, Hey, listen, I need help. How did you guys get through this? And it sounds like 100%. that is what you're helping your clients do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, and not to boast, but, um, I've heard a lot of clients say, Hey, I know I can trust you. And I go way deeper with you because I know you've been through the same. And I can also share my, anecdotes and my experience and yeah it it does make the relationship deeper and more profound i i feel that um but what you just said was also really powerful because that realization as soon as i i said okay fuck it i'm just gonna blog a little bit two or three people are gonna read this right um this is the this is the, the belief or the phenomenon of the universal wound. That's how, how they call it in uh, psychology and so on. It's like the more personal you think 
your situation is, your problems in your life, me, 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 very self-centered, the more universal it actually is. Because when you would look at a, a world map and look at all the individuals on that map, everyone is so in their shit. But if people would look around a little bit and be open about it, there would be way less suffering. Right. I believe that because it's the mere knowing that you're not alone, that the more personal, the more universal, that's a whole weight of your shoulders. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely could not agree with you more. I think there's a sense that, I don't know, we, we, we're, we're in a time where we've been connected for the better part of, of 30 years, if we want to talk about the beginning of the internet. And we feel like our experiences are unique when that's just, that's, that's not the case. We, we've been around for, as, as a species for millennia and the likelihood of us having a unique occurrence in our lives, it, it's, it's, it's very rare, which can be sad because, you know, that I think that it kind of quells creativity, but at the same time, you have to be able to find comfort in the fact that if you are experiencing a, a, situation a, a problem not only is it great that we have the internet to you know go on and you know see how other people dealt with it but there is that sense of relief that other people have been through this and even if it gives you just a a a, um, a tiny bit of faith that you can get through yourself that so many times is, is just enough to get us out of a dangerous mm. situation Exactly. Sometimes that little push is all you need. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, just looking at what we're doing right now, we're having a conversation. I'm in Belgium, you're in United States. Yeah. That's the power of digital. Yeah. That's the power of, of uh, social media. So it's definitely a two-sided coin. And, and I recognize and I am aware of both sides. Um, yeah. But I've seen the last couple of years, the positive side can be enormous. The impact you can make, yeah. same thing you, Trey, with your podcasts, that's amazing. You can reach people from all over the world, not only as guests, but as listeners. Absolutely. And that's the power as well. You know, it's interesting. Um, we didn't talk about this the last time we spoke, but I, I do see it in uh, your your guest information. I didn't notice it before, but you've got uh, meditations by Marcus Aurelius uh, listed as uh, additional research. Dis- additional research, and um, that's that's fascinating to me. Um, that 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 book um, is extremely powerful. Uh, if if we want to extrapolate that a little bit, uh, I've found out about Marcus Aurelius and Stoicism through Ryan Holiday, who has been just a, a huge staple in my life over the last four or five years. And uh, the idea of not being victim to circumstances we can't control has changed my life. And, you know, when we talk about social media and we talk about, you know, toxicity and we, we if we really dig deep, we can, un- we can start to understand the underlying trauma and pain that other people have that, that want to cause you harm. But 
we have the option to say, no, this is, this is not something that I want in my life. And, you know, you can, you can get technical and you can, you can block somebody or you can, you know, do, I don't, I I don't know if calling it mental gymnastics is the right way of saying it, but Mm -hmm. you can say, Hey, listen, this person is not right. I can, I can, I can ignore it. I can respond to it appropriately, or I can just cut this person out of my life completely. And if we remove that toxicity, that void is filled with positivity. And I, I don't know, I, I guess the question for you is how much of a role has meditations or has stoicism played in your self-development? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, the, the book popped up when I, I wrote my description. I don't know why, but I see stoicism more and more um, popping up in my uh, social media as yeah. well. The same yeah. thing with Ryan Holiday, really powerful. And meditations, if you say, if you compare meditation, the act of meditation and stoicism, I see them as not the same, but they're very alike. Right. Because what stoicism does is just seeing the things for which they are. Yes. Same thing when you meditate. When you meditate, you just have awareness. Yeah. And we try to not judge. And it's that judgment. Um that that is like the the merry-go-round when you're stuck in it it's going on and on and on because when you have a judgment about a situation or another person suddenly you will judge yourself yeah. for judging another person and now you're stuck in a vicious circle of negativity but just in general stoicism i recognize the amazing power of it and i just love the way he writes it's almost like you cannot strip it down any further in yes. simplicity. Yeah. It just comes in so deeply and powerfully. And it, um, it forces I, I, you I, to I, remove the bullshit. It forces you to remove any sort of flattering, uh, I guess, uh, embellishments. It makes you really say like this, there's, there's no, the, you, you said it perfectly. It remove it, it strips it down to its most basic form. I've got uh, right over my desk. I'm looking at it right now. I've got a, a quote by Epictetus. It's a print that says, how long are you going to wait before you demand the best for yourself? And that, yes. that quote has. Ooh, my drop. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, absolutely. That, that quote has just, it's, it's been so motivating because it's, it's, it's it's not you know how 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 much you're gonna dream you know how much are you going to uh, think about your future and you know wish make you wish for magical you know things to happen to you. It's stop making excuses and fucking do it. Like stop mm. stop stop saying I will do this one day. Get to work because nobody else is going to do this for you. Man, I feel I feel the energy, the power when you talk about this. It's awesome. Yeah, it means a lot. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, and I, I'm sure the, the passion comes from your own experience as well, being stuck first, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and then just cutting through that bullshit and saying, fuck it, now is the time, right? Yeah. There's seven days in a week, but some days not one of them. I just saw the quote today. Um, it's very funny. Yeah. And another one to link to that is – an amazing proverb, a Chinese proverb. It's like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. Yes. <laughs> right. Just fucking do it. Absolutely. 
And I, I really, really hope, I hope so much that people look at 2020 as a reminder that we are all going to die and it's going to happen sooner than we think. And if we don't work on the things that we've always wanted to do, we are going to be lying in a bed, potentially with a ventilator shoved down our throats and regretting kicking ourselves that we didn't start doing the work 20 years ago. Exactly. Like regret, you don't want to die with regret. Right. I mean, the cliches are all over the place, but a cliche is a cliche for a reason. Yeah. They're all true. They're all truths. And um, to be honest, I haven't experienced 2020 that negatively than others. I've I've heard a lot of stories, people going bankrupt, committing suicide. It's very dramatic stuff that has happened for a lot of people. Um, But the, the thing you bring up is like, you are going to die. I just ordered, um, the beginning of this week, I ordered Memento Mori coins um, to give as a gift also. I think it's an awesome gift to people. Uh, Yeah, like Memento Mori, Memento Vivere or something, right? You're going to die, but also remember to live right now. And another thing to link to that, it's funny, it all comes together right now. I know, I know. I love it when that happens. Um, yesterday, I've watched the Ram Das uh, documentary, um, Coming Home. Ram Das was a disciple of a, a very famous guru in India. And it's amazing how his view on death is. You can choose how you see death, right? Yeah. Is death something lurking in the corner, this... Um, this, this skeleton that cannot wait for, for it to grab you and, and take you with it? Or do you see it as something mysterious and an opportunity for transformation? Yeah. Um, not going deeper into reincarnation and stuff like that, because right. I don't know where my, what my opinion on that is yet. Right. Uh, but the way he brought it up was amazing. I just saw a man completely present and accepting with anything that would happen in his life. And by accepting his death already, he could just fully live. He can fucking live every day fully. When can you say you've done that? There's always a moment in your mind, right? Like, oh, fuck, um, blah, blah, blah. I'm not happy with this. Yeah. And, and you're complaining a little bit yeah. and this and that. This is all keeping us from the magic, the present moment. I agree. So it was really inspiring and it's a big recommendation. Ram Das on Netflix. And, you know, I want to, I really want to point out when we talk about living fully, there, I think there's, there's a divide there. I mean, when I, I guess when I was your age, my definition of living fully would have been completely different than it is now. And at that point, I probably would have thought, you know, oh, being in, in, in some on a yacht somewhere in some exotic locale, drinking expensive liquor. And that that's I, yeah. I think that's such a superficial idea of living fully. 
and it, you know maybe to some that that brings joy but that's that's not true happiness to me it, living fully mm-hmm. is sitting here knowing that all else being equal i don't need anything at this moment to add fulfillment to my life i'm i'm completely at peace with what i am doing at this very moment that to me that is living fully mm, beautiful yeah that's the practice right yeah. i need to remind myself every single day and multiple times a day um slow down yeah this thing that you have in the future whether it be more clients more income a, a beautiful house that you don't have yet it's nice to have that vision that powerful vision right but always bring it back to right now yeah. because a big part of my life i have lived in that mindset uh, whether it be fuck i'm so anxious i just want to be normal and happy yeah that's the same merry go round yeah right you ju- you're just caught in the same web and um, it's it's a practice but that's what makes it beautiful and and challenging as well I agree. I've got a, um, I've got a good friend here in, in Columbus, Ohio. She, she didn't start this, but she brought it over from the UK, uh, who I I guess a guy over there had founded it. It's called death cafe. And the idea is simple. You get a group of people, I guess in a cafe or just a group of individuals where you sit down, you know, share coffee, tea, and, just talk about death so you can normalize that conversation. So you remove the fear and the stigma from it because 100% of the people who live are going to die. And it's, it's just a natural part of, of this experience as humans. And I, I've been to, I've been to it before and it's, it's really interesting and it, it's, it's fascinating to me. And this is, I, I know this is just an anecdote from my own experience, but right before I attended uh, her her death cafe. I had a dream, and I, I still remember this dream very vividly. I was I was like standing in some parking lot, and some somebody just walked up to me and shot me in the head. And I I remember that feeling of falling into myself and just and just dying, and it was so surreal. And I guess since then, since that experience, since that dream, since that time at the death cafe, I've really started to appreciate life for, for what it is because you can see how valuable it is and how how unique and how how, uh, I guess, fragile it can be. Mm. Wow, what an amazing concept. I haven't heard about this, the Death Cafe. It's really interesting. And I, and oh, I know cool. it's, it's expanded, uh, I don't know if I'd say worldwide, but it certainly has become something that's, that's been very popular and normalized that idea of, you know, how, uh, how, 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 like I said, how fragile life can be. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I also would love to incorporate a little bit more meditating on my own death. Yes. Like just, just viewing, just perceiving everything that comes up when I think I'm going to die. Um, what's that moment? What will it mean? And everything that comes up, whether it be just neutral or a lot of resistance, a lot of fear, I really want to dig deep in that because I think when you are comfortable with your own death, everything changes Yeah. because when you look at fear, fear of social rejection, 
fear of failure in general, all these things, when you boil it down to what consciously and unconsciously triggers these fears in, in our bodies, it all boils down to the fear of death. Right. Because when you, when you have fear of failure, you're actually afraid that you will not be able to live up to your persona, yeah. right? To, to all the things that you want to do that fuel who you think you are. Same thing with social rejection. That's social death. When yeah. someone says, I don't want to date you. I don't want to be your friend. That's a little death in right. and of itself. When you are okay with the, the actual big death, I think all the other fears will automatically shift as well. You're absolutely right. And I think a lot of that <clears throat> for me and my experience has been learning about ego. Because I think there, you can you can have, um, this is hyperbole, but you can have, you know, you can have a death of your ego. Once mm. you start to understand what ego is to you and how it affects how you show up in your day-to-day -day life, you can learn to work with it instead of against it. And I, I think part of accepting death for what it is is part of accepting your ego for what it is and knowing when you're motivated by it or when you can see it and you can, and you can step back and you can say, okay, this is actually how I want to show up. This is how I want to operate as opposed to wanting everybody around you to see you as if you're, 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 you're a, a God or a goddess. And I, I've, I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but, you know, going back to Ryan Holiday, Ego is the Enemy has, was my mm -hmm. most life-changing book. And it, it really helped me shape my perception of, of me. And that was important. It wasn't shaping the perception of those around me. It was shaping my own perception of me and realizing that I need to be more honest with who I am and my shortcomings and where I can do better. Yeah, exactly. Super powerful stuff. It's yeah. on my uh, to-read list, uh, definitely. Well, once you read it, I'm, I'm going to have you back on here. We can actually talk about it because I would love to do that. Awesome. Let's do that. Yeah, for sure. So I want to talk about this. You, you, I, I'm, I'll let you give the context for this because it's a, it's a fascinating context. Do you, do you remember the quotes that you gave me that you heard in a yoga studio? Yeah, yeah, for let's, sure. Let's <laughs> never let's, gonna forget that. Let's dig. Let's dig into that. Where did that happen? How did it happen? Because when you get to that point in the story, I really hope people can internalize its message. Okay, cool. Um, so a little bit of context. Um, I graduated in 2018, and I've always had the idea I want to do a big trip of of three months minimum around the world or a part of the world before I, I look for a job, before I find a job. That was really like an idea. I really wanted to follow up in that. So I went to India first, south of India. Amazing, beautiful nature. The people are so pure. When you talk about ego, I didn't see ego in their eyes. It's, yeah. it's very, very crazy. Um, inspiring place for sure. So I was there for three weeks and then I went to Thailand uh, with two good buddies of mine. Classic, you know, we partied a little bit. Uh, we went to Bangkok. Yeah. So that was more of the superficial um, stuff. And there's a there's a room and space for that. I really believe so. 
and then we went to um, we we finalized our trip in Indonesia. Again, Indonesia, beautiful. Lost a part of my heart there. Yeah. Um, and then we started in Bali. Again, big lifestyle surf parties. But for a week, we actually visited Ubud. Ubud is a diamond in Indonesia to me because, okay, it's touristic, but uh, it's not that known or it's not that attractive when right. you look at Bali. Bali is like, wow, crazy. Everything's yeah. flashy, uh, beautiful people, surf. But Ubud, when I was in Ubud, this is like a, a jungle, a jungle with these little temples everywhere. So the, the, their belief, their religion in Hinduism is so profound. You really feel that when you're there. And we were just walking around, visiting, having having a beer at night. And I saw, or I have seen before, that there was an amazing yoga studio in the middle of that jungle in Uput. And my two friends that I was visiting with, they, they're not interested in these <laughs> things. They're not super spiritual yeah. or anything of that kind, which is okay. Everybody has their their stance in life. Uh, but I really wanted to do this because it's called the yoga barn and it's literally a barn in the middle of the jungle. And when I stepped into that yoga studio for the class, the morning class, there's glass everywhere. There's these big windows and you can just see in jungle in pure world wilderness. That's amazing. So that was super inspiring. And uh, I sat down in this huge loft-like uh, yoga studio. And I saw these people around me with these beautiful tight yoga uh, pants and, you know, all these professional things. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> wow, these people are, are probably very good at yoga. Yeah, They're probably amazing and super flexible. And the more I, I looked around, <laughs> I saw like, fuck, there's like 30 people in here, all better than me. And I'm sitting front row, like, fuck, <laughs> I feel a little bit uh, resistance. Yeah. I felt this nervosity, nervousness. And yeah, I was a little bit like, fuck, I'm going to make a fool out of myself, but whatever. And then the moment came after everybody warmed up and stretched that the, the teacher, teacher entered the room and he sat down. It was quiet and peaceful in the room. And he looked around and he said, remember for the class of today, but also for the rest of your life, there's no such thing as perfect action. There's only perfect intention. And all the bullshit that was in my head, all this judgment towards myself and my ability to do perfect yoga yeah. it just vanished it was just like oh this weight was off my shoulders and uh it was an amazing if not the most amazing uh, yoga session i've had so far so this is something that i really try to incorporate in my everyday life as well when i have doubts about contacting a certain person or, or doing a podcast yeah. 
yeah. or doing a mastermind, all these things. And I'm really in my head of like, it's not going to be perfect. I need to read another book first and so on. It's still very deep inside of me that I don't feel good enough yet before taking an action. But that's okay. Feel that and do it anyway because there's no such thing as perfect action, only intention. That's the, uh, the good old story. <laughs> yeah. And that, that yeah, ever since we first spoke, that's, that's stuck with me. And I don't know, I wonder, I, first of all, I mean, that it's so deep. And, you know, we've mm. talked about failure in the past and we've talked about uh, how it's so important for us to learn from failure and, and utilize it and not be afraid of it. And I just, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a particular circumstance or an instance where perfection is even something that we want. I mean, we, if, you, if you're perfect at something, then you have no more opportunity to learn. And I know I, I may be different in that sense that I always want to continue learning. If I'm not learning, then there, there's just, I'm not adding value to my life. And that's, that's so incredibly important to me. I just, I don't, I don't, I can't think of a, a reason, you know, why perfection should be a part of anybody's life. We just, we always want to continue getting and doing better. Mm. Yeah. It's the process of yes. being better, but as soon as you reach that perfect or that best, like you say, I also believe your life is over. Yeah. Because what is what else is there to do? Of course, in the if we can connect this to mindfulness, you could also say, well, if you're perfect at a certain point, you can just be. Yeah. But I I don't know. I'm not in that situation <laughs> yet, so I cannot tell you how it's what it's like <laughs> yeah i mean i think that's I, I, that's probably i would assume and I, i'm not a practicing buddhist but I, I am fascinated by the philosophy that you know perfection is in essence enlightenment and you know once we're able to reach enlighten enlightenment we can you know exit the um oh shoot the the cir circuitous cycle of of life and, you know, we, we get mm. to move on and it, it transcend into, you know, a different existence. Um, and I think that's, I don't know, I, I don't, I think that's something people strive for. But if you have, if you don't have the expectation that it'll, that it'll happen, then you can continue pushing to make yourself better, continue having those perfect intentions um, as opposed to, you know, kicking yourself for not having perfect actions. Yeah. And I have two things to, to add to that. Um, and one is in our society, perfection is being applauded and expected. Actually, if yeah. you look at, I know. The, you know, corporate people want to have these numbers in sales and, and all of that. And it's a good compass, but it cannot be the end all be all. Right. That's what I, that's what I feel. It's that striving too, but a lot of people misunderstand that perfectionism to what it actually, what they actually have to be. They say, I have to be that perfection. Yeah. No, we're striving for it, but we're probably never going to achieve it. 
it's the the journey in and of itself that's that's the the most important absolutely and um secondly when you when you talk about buddhism this is very interesting because this is duality right i've been um on a podcast with one of my friends who's a very avid meditator practitioner of buddhism we were talking about the same thing there is something that transcends perfection and non-perfection because as soon as you say fuck this moment is perfect you actually also have the possibility of it being not perfect right that's duality yeah black white perfect not perfect but when we can say and that's a big challenge it's a big big challenge to be in non-duality but when you say this moment just is yeah when you don't have to judge it or don't have to put a label on it then that's the sweet spot that's it's the beauty the bliss yeah, absolutely and i love how you said that um removing judgment from any from from a moment or from a thought mm -hmm. or you know a state of being if you just allow yourself to be and i think that's a big proponent or a big component of um, meditation and mindfulness if you just allow yourself to be with your thoughts and you can remove the judgments from them then they 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 you take away their power you take away yeah, exactly. their ability to harm you if you acknowledge them and say, I'm having anxiety right now, I'm not going to put it in a good or bad category. I'm just going to observe it and wait until it passes. You set yourself up for a much, I guess, a much happier existence. Definitely. definitely. Michael Singer also refers to this or, or talks about this and he he, he describes it in as soon as we can make impersonal what we think is personal, which is our human experience. Yeah. And then you're free because every single moment, imagine you're stuck in traffic or, or you're listening to this right now and you're stuck in a traffic jam. A lot of emotions can arise from that because you feel it's me, me, me against all these other people. And, oh, my God, someone just cut off my way and, and started blocking me and so on. That's You're making that moment personal. Right. While in, in general, this is not about you. It's never been about you. And this can be both terrifying or a fucking relief. Yes. By letting go, fuck, it's not about me. <laughs> Don't take it so personal. I think that's also very, very, very powerful because when you say to someone that is chronically depressed, it's a big challenge to say, Hey man, just don't take it personal. I know. Hey, I know. just, just observe, yeah. but in and of itself, it's the truth. It is. It's just, it's just not, it's not easy. Yeah, I agree. So real quick, because we're coming up in an hour here, which has just flown by. Let, talk to mm. me a little bit about what you're working on now and how anybody who may be listening either in Belgium or worldwide 
could help you in your mission. I mean, if there was a, if there was a resource that you needed in, let's just say somebody, I don't know, Brazil, for example, which is yeah. you know, highly coincidental, um, could provide additional resources to you, what would those be? Mm. So what I'm working on right now is just broadening, deepening my, my mission is, and I had this number in mind and I don't know why, but I have this feeling if I can relieve people, a thousand people, an exact number <laughs> of mental stress and becoming the best version of themselves, yeah. whether it be in business level, but also in personal using all the things that we just discussed, then that would be amazing. A thousand people. And not just the coaching. I've discussed with Tiago, my mentor, like my vision. And at the moment that I said it to him, I was like, this is fucking way over my head. This is too big. But I'll get into that because it's always exciting, right? Yeah, yes. Because right now, what I'm doing to, to fulfill this mission and this vision is I'm also setting up masterminds. This is because of Corona yeah. going on online. And this, is, this can be people from Belgium, but also from all over the world. And I'm looking at high-level leaders, dreamers, rebels with a cause, entrepreneurs, and really get them together. Because when you put amazing people together, Tiago also said this, um, you can have amazing people happen, uh, things happen, sorry. Yeah. And I really believe in that. And I get a lot of energy from that. It's amazing. So that's one masterminds together, learning, being, and just growing together. Yeah. And um, in the in the future, in the near future, I'm also hosting these amazing retreats. In this can be like in tropical areas. Uh, I love Bali. I've already visited it. Uh, Egypt. Egypt is also a possibility, but I really believe in getting yourself from your familiar environment and being in this beautiful, inspiring venue or place with like-minded people being really committed, Yeah. just working on themselves, supporting themselves. And I mean, beautiful things, man. That, that's also a part of my vision next to the coaching I'm doing. That's amazing. And then to go really, really crazy. I've had this idea to build cocoons. These are like these beautiful architectural structures that resemble a cocoon. Yeah. And I would love to bring these cocoons into the busiest cities all over the world, New York, Brussels, yeah. London, you name it. And this is like a hub for people to unwind and just be. We have floating tanks there. Oh, I love it. We have workshops there. We have physiotherapy, all these things. Yeah. Because when you're stuck in this very hectic lifestyle in, in these very busy cities, this could be an amazing opportunity, right? Um, and And that's dreaming very big, of course, because the old, the mere construction of these things would be millions of, of euros. Right. But um, yeah, 
I love to dream, and that's what gives me energy. These things that I've that I've mentioned. I love that. I love to dream. That's what gives me energy. That mm. I love that. And I love the idea. I love the, the the cocoon idea, and I I think I don't know. We we, ha- we saw earlier in the year everybody slow down. They were forced to slow down which is fine. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we forced it. And we saw a lot of people realizing that the way they were living was wrong. It just, it, it was, it was wrong. Um, f- from an environment, from an environmental standpoint, from a personal standpoint, from a happiness standpoint. And I, th- I hope, I hope a lot of people took that realization and that change and enacted something, a, a long-term plan. So they don't find themselves back in that same cyclic existence and they are doing things now to better encourage mental health and, and clarity. And I, I yeah. and I, I think with, with your cocoon concept, I, I think that would help. It'd be a compliment to that. It would, it would allow people the opportunity, even if they're still in the same jobs, the same positions, it would allow them the opportunity to explore that sides of themselves so they can, they can be more fulfilled in a long-term manner. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And, um, on a, on a personal level, because that's like business, uh, vision on a personal level, working together with Tiago plug (laughs) has really, has really been transformational. That's great. Um, yeah, it's in a year. I, I didn't, I didn't even realize it. But then it's only when you pause and look back, yeah, that you see like, holy fuck! I know. I've done, I've done a lot, and I don't allow myself to to look at myself that way enough. Right. Uh, I really want to do that more often. But really appreciating, like, damn man, you may not be where you want to be. That big vision. Yeah. But I've done some shit that not a lot of people are willing to do that. Absolutely. You know, and it's it's awesome. And I want to continue that into 2021 and, and beyond. I uh, really want to dig deeper into psychedelics. Yes. Explore that side of myself a little bit more. So do I. And yeah, awesome. Another podcast coming up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um Maybe on, maybe on psychedelics. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm all about it. Uh, but just real quick to that point, I previously, and I need to get back into this habit. Well, first of all, I live in my calendar. Google Calendar is, is how I manage all of my time. And so mm. previously, I was putting appointments out six, eight, 12 months on my calendar and just writing a couple paragraphs about where I stand today. You know, what is it I've accomplished? What are the things I'm working on accomplishing? And I'll, you know, give it a couple of days and I'll completely forget that I did that. And then, you know, when that, uh, yeah. when that appointment pops up down the line, I, it's an opportunity for me to look back and see how far I've grown. And I know there's the concept of people writing themselves, future letters, future emails, which is, it's the same thing and it's phenomenal. But to your yeah. very point, if we can allow ourselves to take a moment and look back at how far we've fucking come because you know when you see yourself day to day the changes look incremental but when you look at yourself a year ago it's just massive and that's so it's so important to give yourself credit for what you've accomplished 
Yeah, and on that point, I would love to congratulate you as well. I've seen your um, Spotify Rewind. Well, thank you. Thank you. And amazing. So much content, so much episodes. It's, it's, it's really awesome. amazing to to see that. Um, it was like, it's something like 2,500 yeah. minutes worth of content in 2020, which <laughs> is insane to me. It's it like, really what? Is. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Well, Christoph, I, I really appreciate everything. I appreciate everything you're doing. I appreciate your thoughtfulness. Um, one last question I have for you. It's, I love books. Uh, that's just, it's uh, that they, they, I credit them all the time with changing my life for the better. And so I yes. always ask my guests, if you could tell me one book that has changed your life for hopefully the better, what would it be? And why has it had such a profound impact on, on, on you? Yes, good question. I um, I have quite a few that were life changing, especially in that beginning phase of exploring uh, and and getting out of that anxiety uh, mindset. But the biggest one was definitely Courage by Osho. Osho also being an amazing spiritual teacher, but the way he writes again, uh, just like we discussed. Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Just the way some people write, it enters the soul. It enters yes. past barriers, mental barriers, and you almost feel what they want to say, what they what they what point they want to make. And um, courage by Osho is literally the, the standpoint of being courageous. And courage doesn't mean you're not afraid, right? Right. It's like we already said, feeling the fear, doing it anyway, in the best way you can, and then letting go afterwards. And uh, to me, that was very, very profound because I was riddled with fear. It was everywhere. It, it was in every part of my body. So without this book, I would probably be more stuck and believing the fear, believing the thoughts linked to that and saying like, I am fearful. I am this person. While reading this book has opened it up on so many levels. Yeah. And a big one that I would love to dive in um, is relationships. Right. Uh, just, and especially romantic relationships. It takes courage to love someone. It does, yes. And love someone deeply and, and really love someone. You can love someone superficially. That's for ego purposes. That's not going deep. Right. And um, we've discussed this the previous meeting we had. I, um, I met this girl when I was in university, but I was still you know, struggling with myself and this and that. And, and we really liked each other. But I, I just couldn't open up a lot. Yeah. And she felt that as well. Um, but then using that book, I was like, fuck it. You know, what do, what do I have to lose right. besides not doing it and missing an amazing experience, even if it doesn't work out in the long run? And uh, this, this was amazing. This was transformational in that sense. Uh, and I still see a lot of couples today and I'm not saying I'm, you know, the fucking biggest uh, selfless lover in the world. No, we have our struggles. But 
um, it has opened up that yeah that that way yeah the way of courageous and fearless loving and um, a big big shout out to Osho my homeboy <laughs> and incredible... and a big recommendation is that uh, is that book could... is it written in English do you know yes okay. English all right uh, courage actually all his books are amazing let me let me check if I can find like a really good part in the book because I have it right here. Is yeah, okay? please. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. This is this is an awesome one. Life can only be lived dangerously. There is no other way to live it. It is only through danger that life attains to maturity and growth. One needs to be an adventurer always ready to risk the known for the unknown. And once one has tasted the joys of freedom and fearlessness, one never repents because then one knows what it means to live at the optimum. Then one knows what it means to burn your life's torch from both ends together. And even a single moment of that intensity is more gratifying than the whole eternity of mediocre living. That's beautiful. I yeah. love that. That comes in, it. man. Yeah, I will. Um, I'm going to move that book to the top of my reading list. It sounds incredible. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, no worries. Uh, there's, I'm, I'm turning some pages, uh, but uh, I have a close now, so. That's well, definitely my go-to. And if I can recommend one other, yes, it's Al Alan Watts. Amazing. Um, it's funny because he's a Western Eastern philosopher. He has studied Eastern philosophy for his whole life. Yeah, but he's quite a Western guy. Um, his lifestyle is also sometimes paradoxical to the Eastern. <laughs> like he, he has. Uh, marriages that he went out of he, he got a little bit alcoholic and right, so on but right. the way he writes is insane and the the book is alan watts the wisdom of insecurity it's also so good about the paradox of life of the paradox of control it's really interesting that's great and i will have i'm going to Every single book that we mentioned, I'm going to put that in the show notes uh, just so that's available awesome. to everybody. Yeah. It's quite some books. That's like a whole uh, Christmas, I know. Christmas list of books. <laughs> I know. And that's that's what I love. I love, I love, well, I love getting books, but I also love giving them as well. And I just, I, I, I try to be cognizant. Not everybody reads, but, you know, if I can encourage, you know, one person to read one particular book that I think will impact them, I hope they'll see that in, um, in an encouraging way. Yeah, and, and if it doesn't work in, in paper form, you can always do Audible Absolutely. or Absolutely. something like that. Awesome. Well, Christoph, thank you so much for doing this. Um, if people want to find out more about you or connect with you, what is the best way to do that? Um, it's the best way to connect with me on BeMindful.com. This is double O or Be Mindful Instagram handle. Okay. That's it. Perfect. 
Awesome. Well, my friend, thank you so much for doing this. It sounds like we have a lot more to talk about in the future. So let's make sure that we do this again. Definitely. Keep me updated. And uh, it's been a real pleasure for sure. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. One more time, I would like to extend a huge thank you to my guest, Christoph, for joining me on the podcast. If you are moved by his passion and his desire to help others live their best lives, please be sure to check out his website, bemindfool.com. And you can also find him on Facebook at bemindfool. Again, that's B-E-M-I-N-D-F-O-O-L. If you'd like to find him on Instagram, it's Chris C-H-R-I-S dot V-D-P. And again, that's on Instagram. And all of those links will be in the show notes. And of course, another huge thank you to all of you for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I appreciate you and I look forward to connecting with you further. If you would like to find me on Instagram, it's at Trey Kaufman. You can visit the website at themosaiclifepodcast.com. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is coming out the Sunday prior to Christmas. So I hope for all of those who celebrate the holiday, please enjoy it. Stay safe. And for those who don't, take time for yourself, reflect, and decide how you want to show up. Until next time, take care, do better, and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.